Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. You are now listening to the Half a Bird Sports Show. What's good, everybody? Welcome to the Half a Bird Sports Show. Because you have so many options out there for high flying entertainment, and you chose to ride with us, we do appreciate that. Today, I'm going solo as Jimmy is load managing after that uh, strenuous All Star weekend. I'm going to go ahead and uh, take the wheel myself. I'm going to bring you some of these sports opinions that you definitely need to adopt immediately. You can always check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever podcasts are downloaded and listened to. So, today, I'm going to go in a little bit on CP3, the point guard, give him props. The Cavaliers are on the coaching hunt already. And I listened to the Miles Garrett interview with Mina Kimes. I actually believe the guy. So solo weekend starting right now. All right. We had a Mamba All-Star weekend. I'm not sure if you guys catch that or get that or understand what that means. But we legit had a Mamba All-Star weekend. So, of course, as we expected, the All-Star weekend was going to begin with tributes to Kobe from Magic Johnson giving a tribute and talking about him to Jennifer Hudson singing and man that voice was whew, powerful had everybody out there uh rubbing their eyes and stuff and then you had Common doing some really big things rapping and and poetry and all of that it was it was the, the spoken word was awesome and of course, I say awesome a lot, but it was. It was something that was, it was breathtaking. It, it, it felt good. It felt right. And Chicago did it up. It's the first time they've had it since 1988. And that this weekend felt good. It felt like what an NBA All-Star weekend should feel like. Paying homage, having fun, just all of that. And then, of course, Chicago being as rich historically as it is, they were able to integrate so much from Chicago into that piece from MJ to former president Barack Obama to the local artists like common. It was Jennifer Hudson. It was good seeing, bringing all those pieces together and at the same time paying homage to, um, to Kobe Bryant after his passing. And so I want to talk a couple things about what happened over the weekend that really stuck out to me the most. Like, the all-star game to me was not only the icing on the cake. I felt like it was the foundation of the cake. Like, I think it was the main ingredients. Typically, as we all know, all-star games, it's never, it's never about the game itself because it's always everything else. It's the dunk contest, three point contest, the skills competitions, the celebrity game, the rising stars game is always everything else. And the all-star game itself is the last piece that we're like, "Uh, do I really want to watch this? Not really. It's going to be a, it's a glorified exhibition game. It's a dunk contest. They're not really doing anything. No one's really trying. 
And all the tributes that they did for Kobe, that's the tribute that they really did for Kobe was in that game. So I'm going to start off with the weekend stuff. The celebrity game was cool. I watched a little bit of it. It was funny seeing Stephen A. Smith get teed up and him and Mike uh, Wilbon uh, really go back and forth. And I'm surprised Stephen A. Smith didn't get ejected, but it's neither here nor there. And then, you know, who's that that won the, the, the MVP? Was that Common that won uh, celebrity MVP in that game? Can't remember. I didn't really pay much attention to the All-Star, to the uh, celebrity game. I'm not going to lie. I The Rising Stars I watched a little bit of. I did get into that because I wanted to see Luka. Uh, the world, I actually wanted to see the world team more so than I did want to see the U.S. team, which is cool. I like how they split that format up, especially with as many Euros that we have. It's good that we're, rec- we're acknowledging that the league is really diversifying its portfolio of players. So that was fun. Three-point contest was everything you wanted to be. And so was the skills competition. The skills competition had Bam uh, Adebayo as well as uh, Demontis uh, Sabonis. They went to the wire with Bam hitting a final three to win the skills comp. That was great. Buddy Love, Buddy Hill hit a game-winning three-pointer basically in the three-point competition. So that was really good. Everything was engaging. And then the dunk contest happened. And we've got controversy. Everybody's trying to figure out. Did Dwayne Wade help out the Miami Heat and get Derrick Jones Jr. that title over Aaron Gordon? Did Aaron Gordon get screwed for, what, the third time, second time that he's been in a dunk contest? Third, one of the two? Everybody's saying he should have won it again. This is my issue I had with the dunk contest. I'm going to be brief, brief with it. They literally did the same dunk 10 times in a row. They had somebody hold the ball up. They jumped up, grabbed it, either went through the legs, behind the back, or through the legs, or they windmilled, or something crazy like that. They, they basically jumped over people. So me and a buddy talked about this, and he has a valid point. If you really look back at a lot of the old dunk contests, a lot of them are kind of repeats throughout the dunk contests. It's either like windmills. Under, I mean, in the 80s, it was windmills was the big one because of the, the level of difficulty, you know, just looping it around in some capacity. Uh, Mid-90s, you start to see more uh, under-the-leg dunks. That was, became the, the, the big deal from the side, from the, uh, from the uh, sidelines, from – from at an angle straight ahead and the free throw line dunk that still, I mean, Brent Barry and Kobe Bryant did the underleg dunk. I mean, uh, the free throw line dunk to win, uh, similar to, you know, MJ doing it in the eighties. So uh, there's a lot of repeats, but to me, when it's over and over and over, that's where the dunk contest got so bland. Like, I don't mind you doing a bunch of windmills. If you're doing it, from different parts of the court. That's what made Vince Carter's dunk contest so special is that the level of difficulty that he did, he did it from different places. He didn't keep coming down the middle and doing a windmill. He did it from under the goal. He came from the side. He did a 360 with the windmill. He added elements to it. And I don't feel like the elements they added to this dunk contest is any different than the ones they did the last three. You know what I'm saying? Jumping over a dude that's seven feet tall doing an underleg dunk from jumping over somebody. I wanted more creativity. And to be honest, they wanted to get not too creative. They literally could have just paid homage to Dominique Wilkins and, and, and Michael Jordan from the 88 dunk contest. The last time it was in Chicago, that would have been fun to see them recreate those dunks, go up there and do that one under the, under the rim windmill that, that Jordan did to where he almost hit his head. He basically did like a reverse. He did like a reverse windmill Went underneath the rim and boom, dunked it in with his right hand. That would have been legit. 
Do a two-handed windmill like Neek did. Do it from under the go. Pull some of that that stuff out, you know? That would have been cool because we know that there's a limit to what the dunks you can really do as far as creativity goes because there's a limit to what the human body can do itself. And for the most part, we've seen just about every dunk that could potentially be done. But that would have been fun to do if someone would have, you know, just started pulling out dunks from other dunk contests and, like, doing it like, like mimic it exactly to the T as much as possible. That would have been fun especially for his old heads. The young players, they have never seen it before. The younger guys really haven't because most of the younger fans didn't watch the 88 dunk contest. Most of them didn't even watch the 90s dunk contest or remember any of that stuff, even when Kobe and them was doing it. A lot of them don't remember that. We do. So if you noticed, we appreciate old stuff. As you can see, retros are coming out. Why not pull the retros for the old folks and make it new for the young guys? That's just my suggestion on the dunk contest for the future, guys. Pull out some of the older stuff. Pull out some stuff from the 80s and 70s and show us. Do the cradle. Oh, that would have been amazing if someone pulled that off because it's not as easy as it looks. Stuff's pretty difficult. But anywho, I'm off my soapbox on that part. Let's go into the game itself. That's the thing that really got me hyped. So we all know the new rules. Hopefully you guys saw the new format. If you don't, I'll explain really quickly. Every quarter, they started the quarters off 0-0, but they kept the scores cumulative throughout the game. They were playing for 100000 each quarter for their charities. So the team that won each quarter, they got $100,000 going to their charity. And then the winner of the game got an additional 200000 to their charity. So it's funny, a few people were posting on the Twitterverse about got these kids sweating like they got money on the spread because technically they did. <laughs> they wanted their team to win. But that was fun. So then we transitioned from that into the fourth quarter. And that's where the meat and potatoes was. That's where the icing for the cake was. And to me, I felt like this was the foundation of the weekend. And it put the, it, it put a beautiful topper on what a tribute to Kobe Bryant was over the weekend. Cause we had all the tributes and this was the true tribute to Kobe Bryant. So in the fourth quarter, they take the highest score at 24 points to it for Kobe. And outside of the fact that, Team LeBron wore number two and team Giannis wore 24 in honor of uh, Gianna and, and Kobe. They basically played street ball. The goal was to get to, I think at that point, the score was 157. So no clock, just shot clocks. First one to 157 wins. And man, they balled. I've never seen a single player in an all-star game hustle that hard. I've seen it come close in a few of them where the game was close in the fourth quarter where they started playing like the last two minutes. That was okay. We got like almost like 20 minutes of just not of, of competitive basketball from the best players in the league. It was mind blowing. It was amazing. It was fantastic. It felt good. It was great. I just loved watching it because they were Ding up. They were Ding up like they like Kobe Bryant was on the court. You know what I'm saying? I felt like Kobe's spirit was in each one of them the way they played. That's what touched me in that game. So shout out to Chris Paul. I mean, he's the one that they said pushed this. He's the catalyst of it. SB Nation article talked about how Chris Paul was pushing for it. And I gotta give it to him, man. He did a really good job of getting us hyped on this game itself. So Team LeBron won. They ended up coming back after being down, I think, nine points because Team Giannis, for some reason, couldn't make a shot to close it out. And 
you saw a battle and that's what you want. You want that's how you that's how you pay tribute to Kobe. Because Kobe never stopped. He played hard in the All-Star games. And you could tell he was frustrated. Chris Paul plays hard in the All-Star games. And he could, he was frustrated. And you can tell because he kept yelling at players. And you, and you got to love it. You got to love guys that take the game more serious than others because he's that dude. He's that friend in the neighborhood that always has to play at 110% even though you guys are just warming up and preps for a game. He's the one that's going all out. It's cool. You know, he's that guy. But at the same time, it's fun to watch the game that way in comparison to the way we had it in the past where it literally was just, you know, alley-oops and stuff. And to close it out, that was the best part is they literally played different phases of the game. It turned The intensity turned up each quarter. First quarter was just lobs, alley-oops, fun goofiness. Second quarter, you saw Rudy Gobert playing defense in the paint, and he was like, oh, wait. They're playing defense. Third quarter, defense turned up even more. And then at the end, you could tell that Kawhi and Giannis really wanted that that MVP trophy. And, of course, Kawhi gets it. They went out there and they hooped hard. So I loved it. I was a fan of Common rapping out the intros. It was interesting for him to try to figure it out. And I'm still laughing at the fact that people thought it's hard to come with a rhyme for Antetokounmpo. It ain't that hard. It's just taking the last syllable and finding something to rhyme with it. But I digress. Good job, NBA. Two thumbs up. You deserve it. We appreciate it. Okay, so... The story out there that Adrian Wojnarowski during the freaking All-Star game, which I'm kind of pissed off at him for doing that because he took our attention away from the game for the most part because we're all intrigued. But I digress. Him and Winhorst, well, I'll let y'all slide this time. But there's an article out here that just flying out that the Cavaliers and coach John Beeline have discussed the possibilities of him stepping down already. He legit just signed a five-year deal to go there and coach this team. And supposedly he's going to reach a decision within 24 to 48 hours. Like, no, the team's not going to fire him. He wants to quit. I don't know too many people that want to give up the money he's going to get over five years by quitting the job. Unless you are really unhappy. Like I understand people leaving jobs because they just hate it and they just can't deal with it. I get that. Beeline must really hate his job. And based upon the reports in here, he's unhappy. Like he, this, his transition to the pros is not what he thought it would be. And he's just not feeling it. That's cool. But why, but, but he's really going to quit. I mean, I know it's tough losing constantly right now. The Cavaliers are 14 and 40. They have the worst record in the Eastern conference. He had to apologize to his team in uh, January during a film session when he referred to his players as no longer playing as thugs playing as a bunch of thugs which I don't think he meant thugs I think he meant slugs but it was taken as thugs in which he had to apologize for that situation and then overall after that it's just he just wasn't happy dealing with the players and I kind of feel bad for him because I've heard nothing but good things about uh, John that he is a solid 
coach himself. I mean, he's at Michigan for a while and doing good things. And the fact that now he's ready to quit. Oh, man. This has got to be some bad situation, bad, bad things going on there. And I'm wondering if it's a combination of him and just the brass there at Cleveland kind of trying to push him out because they are struggling. But at the same time, if you look at their roster, they don't have anybody. I mean, Kevin Love is showing that he's unhappy. Now, think about it. With him being unhappy the way the plays and everything's being set, that might be an indictment of John, you know, a beeline, and the way that he's calling the game. Because the players, it doesn't seem like they're responding to him. Because you got to remember, too, the transition from college to NBA is much different. For one, your players make more than you. So you can't really talk to them as crazy as you want to unless you get guys that are built to handle that. I don't think these young guys that they have at the draft picks that they are are those type of guys. They're not the ones that are just going to shut up and just just play the game. You know, they're the ones that kind of got a little bit of an ego. And I don't think that he was prepared for those type of personalities taking over. At least that's what it feels like. And so now we're in a, they're at a standstill, and I can't believe that he's already going to be gone. J.B. Bickerstaff, I was reading in this article from Adrian Wojnarowski that he was expectation, the expectations were that he would take over eventually for Beeline, like in five years. Let Beeline kind of get the team going, kind of build up their discipline and get them on the right track to be a future uh, competitor. And now it looks like this dude's probably gonna get this team like tomorrow because rumor has it Monday. He was supposed to meet with ownership. Now that Dan Gilbert's back, they're supposed to meet, have a discussion around it. And there's a chance that he's going to be gone. And I, I'm just in shock that that's all it took for him to basically leave. So, We'll see what happens there in Cleveland. I mean, Cleveland's always been a dumpster fire without LeBron. Literally a dumpster fire without LeBron. And so y'all can hate on him all you want about the way LeBron was pushing for things and and, and holding the organization hostage because you can tell how incompetent they are when he wasn't isn't there. Literally, LeBron was the team. And so got even props for that. So Beeline, I hope that you don't quit i hope that you just go ahead and stick it out go through the end of the year figure out how it's going to work out but if you decide to quit man i guess you need to go ahead and just retire from the game and just enjoy the millions you made and enjoy your family i mean you deserve it you've worked for a few years so we'll see how that goes So this episode is going to be pretty short. I didn't have too much going on. Uh, no, Jimmy. Like I said, he's doing load management. So I am holding the mantle myself. And because of how my day went, I didn't get the opportunity of bringing in a guest. And so I may do that on the next, uh, on my solo weekend show later this week. If I decide to go ahead and do that. If I don't start to load manage, I kid. I'll have one. And I plan on trying to bring a guest on with me. But Speaking of guests, recently Mina Combs did an interview with a guest on uh, Outside the Lines, and it was the most recently reinstated Miles Garrett. Now, Jimmy talked about him on his solo show this past weekend. I think you guys should go check that out and um, hear his strong opinion in regards to it. But mine, when it comes to this, is the interview was intriguing. There's a few things that jumped out to me. 
the number one thing is is the way that we are as a society it's in a way disappointing because we don't have a path for rehabilitation now you may think we do but we really don't because once you are persecuted by the jury of public opinion that's it your image is tarnished you're done especially as a public figure people will look at you in that light forever and people will always bring up those things they will always bring up your mistakes because everyone pretends like they're perfect when in all actuality you ain't but that's just how we do things and so with miles the situation here is is that he he swung a helmet and the best the thing that stuck out to me the most in this interview is that the entire time he talked about how he knows he was wrong and nothing that he says excuses what he did. He was wrong. He knew that he should have never done that. He knew that he should have calmed down. He knew he should have just walked away. He knew should he should have left the situation. But because he didn't, he is now forever a dirty player. So... As he's talking to Mina, they go through everything in the interview and then they make mention of the one key component of his defense when he talked to the league was that Mason Rudolph had said a racial slur towards him and that's what triggered him getting upset. Now, this is where it's telling about the character of Miles Garrett is that he said there was no excuse for what he did. And Mina asked, why didn't he say anything up front? And he said that I didn't want there to be an excuse for what I did because there isn't. It was unexcusable what I did. But you know what? People won't hear that. That's not the thing that they're going to hear. They're going to hear that Miles Garrett had, oh, he's blaming him for a racial slur. So that's the reason why he acted out. So he's using an excuse no matter what. And I feel bad for him because people were saying, well, why didn't he say something in the beginning? Why didn't he say something up front? Mainly because if he did say something, you wouldn't believe him then anyway. You'd also say, oh, yeah, he's using this as an excuse. No matter what, that's how we are. The The jury of public opinion always does that. You're guilty. And there's no way you can be proven innocent. You're always guilty, no matter what. And with Miles, he did something that's unexcusable. He apologized. I've always taken the, the I've always taken the direction of never judging people off the worst thing that they do. I try not to judge period, but we are, we're human. We do it. We shouldn't, but we do. And, but I don't judge people off the worst thing they do. That's the thing about it. The worst thing you do multiple bad things. Yeah. I'm going to look at you crazy or I'm going to say like, yeah, I don't trust you. Or I think that you're a bad person or that I feel like people shouldn't be supporting you. I will say that Tony Brown's one of those. He keeps doing dumb stuff. I can't pick a worse one. That's the problem. If it comes to a situation where I can't pick the worst thing about you, yeah, I'm not. There's no way you can convince me to support you. That's just who you are. You're going to continue to do those things over and over. Period. People will show you who they are. Let them show you and receive it. What Miles, as apologetic as he was, all I need to do is see how he plays for the rest of his career. The rest of his career will tell me if he was sincere or not. And to be honest, I believe him. I do think that he heard someone say a racial slur. Now, it may not have been Mason Rudolph, but I do think that he heard someone say that. And because he heard someone say that, 
that's the reason why he 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 free, he reacted mainly because you know Mason Rudolph being a white guy saying it to him on the football field. Yeah, it could it'll, it'll tee some people off, and I've seen people get teed off because of it. I get it, I understand it. So him, like I said, flipping out over this, he wasn't right. I get it. He wasn't right. Period. I'm going to repeat that again. He was not right for reacting the way he did. But at the same time, it happens. The good thing is, is that he has the self-awareness to say, I was wrong. And we don't give players enough credit for things like that. It's like I said, when they make that one mistake, we're done with them. But when it comes to others, we'll excuse it, which is really weird to me. And I've always said, we all we all love our own butthole, no matter how much it stinks. And sometimes we have to recognize that sometimes our guy is the problem. And so with Miles, I don't think he's the problem. Honestly, I don't think Mason Rudolph is a problem either. I do feel like Mason Rudolph had more to play in this situation than what he's getting. The only, the only reason why we don't talk much about Mason Rudolph is because Miles Garrett swung the helmet. That's the only reason why. But I'll give him in that interview, I felt like he was sincere. I felt like he was real, he was authentic, and he wasn't BSing us. I'll give him that. It felt like it. Was he? I don't know. But it felt like it. So I don't feel like the league went too light on him. I think the league probably have more information than they want to disclose, and that's why they went ahead and reinstated him like they did. Smart on their part. Let's get it over with. I felt like he needed to be gone for the rest of the season anyway after the situation. That was that's a season that's a season long suspension. And well for the rest of the season at least, no matter how many games are left. It's good that they went ahead and just suspended him for the rest of the year and made him let him think about what he did. And you can tell, based upon the thoughtfulness of what he was saying in that interview, you can tell he thought about it. And so Miles I get it. I get it. I, I'm hoping that you learned your lesson from this situation and you go back out there and continue to be the good guy that a lot of people have vouched about you being. Yeah. Good guys do bad things too. And so Miles, thank you for your apology. Let's accept it. Please um, show us that you are better than what you what you, what your action was. All right, everybody. Well, I appreciate y'all joining me as usual here on the half a bird sports show. Check us out on WMQGradio.com Tuesdays and Saturdays at noon Eastern, as well as wherever podcasts are downloaded and listened to make sure you rate us and review us. Give us five stars. If you don't think we deserve five stars, give us five anyway. It's gifted. So thanks to Bob, Mike and Wendy for helping me out this evening on this solo day. And to my co-host, Jimmy, I'm hoping his load management doesn't hurt him too much for our next show, but I'll have a solo weekend show put together for you all. Uh, we'll talk basketball because we're right there in season. You may have a little bit of draft action. No, it'll be basketball. and We'll focus on that. So I'll catch you all in a couple days. Peace. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. 
based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022, and Cox serviceable areas. Visit cox.com internet for details.